Hi, and welcome to the Kara Podcast. My name is Lori, and I'm your host for the show. Here, we're focused on inspiring and encouraging you in business and in life. The Kara Podcast is a community driven by creative, authentic, remarkable, and accomplished people just like you. Our mission is to put Jesus at the center of our lives and provide a platform to promote both personal and professional development as we encourage self-discovery on the pathway to success, burning those limiting beliefs that are holding you back. The easiest way to achieve everything you want in life is to fall in love with Jesus and knowing that our battles are messy and beautiful along the way to becoming all that he has created us for a place to thrive and become the greatest version of yourself. To learn more, check out The Kara Podcast at thecarapodcast.com. Hey, hey, friends. Welcome to The Kara Podcast. Today, we are super excited. There is an amazing guest that we want to introduce to you today, and her name is Sarah Chapel. And Sarah Chapel is one of these people that you will want to know. And why would you want to know Sarah Chapel? Well, first, she is a daughter of the king. She is a girl that has claimed her crown in terms of being willing and being willing to do the hard work to find her path to journey of joy. And not only is she a incredible person, she has a wonderful sense of humor. She has taken so many great adventures over her lifetime. And I've had the joy of knowing Sarah Chapel since 2008, which, wow, that's a really long time, Sarah. Since before I was Sarah Chapel. <laughs> yes, before Sarah Chapel, where you were Sarah Shields. Yes, yes. Yes. And we just, ironically, God planted us in a place where we were both able to have the front row seat of watching um, God do amazing things. Mm-hmm. And, you know, sometimes we sit on that front row seat and watch God do amazing things. And sometimes we might wake up one day and wonder, what has he done in our lives? So Sarah today is going to um, really come and share with us her dream, her heart, her journey behind her book that is coming out in August. And we're going to share a little bit later on how you can Mm pre-order and how you will be able to order Journey to Joy. I know you have such an incredible sense of humor. And I know in this book, there has to be some some humor. You know, when you hear the word joy, it makes you smile. And, and you have a big smile on your face right now. (laughs) And at the same time, some of us can hear the word joy. and We automatically want to click off this podcast because joy is far from our lips, far from our hearts and far from our souls. So why? Why this book? Why this time? Um... Gosh, it sounds like the conversation I was having with the Lord when this all first started. <laughs> Why? God? Why this book? Why me? Why joy? <laughs> because it wasn't something that came naturally to me. It was something that I ultimately had identified that I didn't really have, but realized with God I had had it previously in my life, but along the way I'd lost it. And that realization, it was tough. But at the same time, God said, I want to take you on a journey to get it back. That, yeah, you lost that joy, but you weren't supposed to. And we can get that back. And so it was very much this invitation to journey with him to figure out okay, what were the things that came and either kind of put a lid on that joy or kind of just shifted my personality 
let's go back to those places and find healing, forgiveness and freedom. And then it was a journey about identity and purpose. And, and it all walks through a passage in scripture in Isaiah 61. And we see God doing the same thing, kind of prescribing this path to the nation of Israel and then to all of us, to all of his people, that he declares healing and freedom and identity and purpose. And then he tells us that everlasting joy will be ours. And so the idea that there is joy available every single day, I think that was the takeaway that he wanted me to understand was that every day and also in every season, tough seasons, great seasons, there's always more of him available. And because of that, because joy is part of his character and who he is, then joy is for us every day. As you walk through this season, how did, like, how was it that you were like, okay, God, I know that Joy comes from you because so many of us have been told that the world gives us joy. The world gives us happiness. How did you find joy in the Lord? Mm, So good. So it's actually the story I tell in the book of really the conversation with God that kicked off this whole joy journey was, was based on what you're talking about of where I was trying to find joy. So I had just gotten married. And we kind of alluded to this before, but I, I was a little bit older in life. I was 36, the the first and only time that I got married. And so I had waited you know, patiently, sometimes not so patiently. And But I, it had happened. I got married. Um, we have a blended family. And so I immediately had these three amazing stepkids. And I mean, life was good. There, life was good. But this particular day, I was standing in my kitchen and we were taking a vacation that summer. And I was imagining that vacation and I was very much imagining myself on that vacation. Mm-hmm. But I was, I was different than the version of me that was standing in the kitchen. That vacation me was lighter, was a little more free, carefree. I had joy and, and I could feel it. Like I could feel it deep in my gut of what that was going to feel like. And I just knew, okay, when that week gets here, this is who I'm going to be. This is what I'm going to feel like on that vacation. And all of a sudden, at the same time, I had these two realizations. And the first was that I had done this before, that this kind of game I was playing with myself of imagining myself at this future time full of joy, that I had a pattern of doing that with vacations, with just the end of a hard season, that I could just kind of imagine myself in the future feeling a way that I wanted to feel right then, but I just, I thought I would just feel that way then. I'll feel that way on vacation feel that way when this hard thing is over. That was the first realization. And the second realization was that it never happened. I never was able to, in the present, I'd get to the vacation and I wouldn't be the girl I'd been imagining. She wouldn't be there. I would be there. (laughs) The not so joyful me is the one who would show up on vacation and not her. And those two realizations were tough. I mean, that was hard to to let all of that in. But at the exact same time, I've just felt that whisper of the Lord there with me in the kitchen saying, yeah, this is, this is something that you've been trying to find and trying to imagine in the future, but you've got it all wrong. Joy is not waiting for you in some great vacation or at the end of some difficult season Joy is with you right now, today, in this kitchen, inside of you, because I am here. 
because the joy is with me and I am with you. And so my joy is in you. And you can experience that today on this random Wednesday while you, you know, cook dinner and go to work and do all the things. Joy is here today. It's not waiting for you on that vacation. It's here today. And if you'll let me, I'll take you on a journey and show you how to tap back into that. And so that was that was just the beginning of understanding that joy isn't an experience that I'm going to have in the future when everything is perfect. That in the middle of today, when everything is not perfect, that because I can tap into the Lord and his spirit in my life, I can have that joy. I can be that vacation me, but I can be her today. And so, and that was good news. That was exciting because I believed him because I remembered that I had felt that way before. He kind of gave me these pictures of me when I was a lot younger and she did have that joy. So it was remembering like, oh gosh, like I was her. That's why I know what it feels like. And you know, life happens. We all have a journey of the difficulties of life. And sometimes those difficulties change us and we, we shift our personality or we kind of push things down of who we really are. And we conform to the pattern of this world or who other people say that we should be. So God cleared all of that out and said, no, this is who you are. This is who I made you to be. You have joy in me every day and you'll enjoy vacations more. Yes. But you'll also enjoy running errands and doing work and all of these mundane, quote unquote, use air quotes, all these mundane things, they're going to bring you just as much joy as that vacation if you'll go on this journey with me. Sarah, there's, there's so much there. And I think identity comes up and there's so much to unpack. And, you know, I think, you know, there's someone probably listening out there right now that I love how Sarah had a point of reference that she was able to reframe. I had this joy once when I was a little girl and, you know, I just came out of an experience this past week where I spent a few days in a room filled full of hundreds of people. And I realized that so many people, Sarah, never even have joy at any point in their life. And if we do, or we, we think it's elusive and we say, but when, but when I get to go on that vacation, just like you were standing in your kitchen, but when I get that money, but mm. when I get that job, yes. when I get that marriage, when I get that dog, um, when I get those kids, you know, when I have my first baby or whatever it is, we believe the lie, that that is how we find joy. And you found the raw beauty of doing the work and leaning into your identity of who you are in Christ and how he has really set you free and freedom to really just dance in the delight of the Lord is the most beautiful thing one can find. And so how would you speak to that person or how does the book speak to that person that may have never found that joy. Absolutely. Well, I love what's so funny. You haven't read the book yet. I have not. <laughs> but yet you just highlighted so many of the key words. And so the the four main journeys in the book that, that the Lord wants to take us through is healing, freedom, identity, and purpose. That we walk through those with him. Um, and even the idea of, you know, dancing before the Lord, you know, we look at some of the examples in scripture and David is one of them. We have a yes. great, great picture of of that 
very um, exuberant joy where we see David dancing before the Lord with all his might. We talk about that story. And so for those of us who feel like, man, I just, I don't even have a frame of reference to know that we see a picture of joy in scripture. So when God first said, okay, you're going to write a book about joy. He didn't give me for a long time, any table of contents or as much as I begged him an outline, nothing. I didn't have anything. It was just, you know, kind of write your story, write the journey of what we've been doing. But to please my brain, I did like a deep word study into scripture on joy. So walking through the Old Testament and then walking through the New Testament. And so what we see, this picture of joy throughout scripture is it's, it's there. It is there the whole time in the Old Testament where we're actually, we're instructed over and over and over to rejoice. And we rejoice in the Lord. We're told that in his presence, in the presence of God, we find fullness. And so in the Old Testament, joy is very much something that is, it's in God. It's a character trait of his. And then we rejoice in that, in him, in who he is. And so we have the ability to do it simply just because he's instructed us to. And so therefore we can. But what's so amazing then about the New Testament, obviously everything shifts because because Jesus. Yes. And as soon as Jesus arrives, as soon as he's born, I mean, literally right when he's born, the angels come and they say that they have news, good tidings that's going to bring great joy to all the people. And this is baby Jesus. This is Jesus who hasn't walked on water, who hasn't healed anyone, who hasn't performed any miracles yet. He's just an infant. But this infant brings great joy to all the people simply because he is here, because he's present. And so for us, that means as believers, because Jesus came and then when he left, he sent the Holy Spirit. And so we have that spirit. We have his presence. We have all those characteristics in us. The fruit of the spirit is love, joy, peace, patience. So joy is a part of who he is. And so because of those big truths, that means that we are all capable of feeling and expressing joy, God-given joy. The the picture of joy in the New Testament, you know, we see David, and that's a great picture of joy, one kind of joy, dancing before the Lord with all. The joy that's introduced to us in the New Testament, in the original language, to the words that kind of describe one kind of joy is a calm delight. And so it's this very still, peaceful joy. And because that got brought to the table, because that facet of joy exists, is one of the main reasons why I know and believe with everything in me that joy is for all of us every day. Even on our hardest days, we can experience that calm delight of resting in God, knowing that he's with us and knowing that there is hope because Jesus. And so if we don't even know what it looks, feels like, tastes like, sounds like, God will teach us. He will show us. There was so much I didn't know before starting on this journey. Mm-hmm. But just being willing to take that step, to answer the, the big question that we ask at the beginning of the book is, do you want to get well? Being able to just say yes and mean it as much as we can and begin that journey means he will teach you. You'll suddenly feel it. So, yes. You know, it bubbles up inside of us, this overwhelming, you know, whether it's deep inside or it comes through in our face, through the smile, that deep laughter, like there's many different ways that he'll teach us to how to feel that and express that. But I just, I know him and I've walked with him enough years to know 
he will do that with each and every person that wants to take that journey with him and discover that joy. That's so good. You know, recently, um, my husband and I had to walk through kind of a difficult season and losing his mom and my mother-in-law, who is like the mama of all mamas. She's Italian. And, you know, my husband, you know, did his, his grieving, but he said to me last night, we were just having this conversation, Sarah, and he said, I experienced joy when I knew she was free and she had a new body. And so someone might be listening right now that is going through the grieving process. And it could be grieving the loss of someone, it could be grieving the loss of a job, it could be of a child, it could be loss of a dream, it could have been the last 18 months that mm-hmm. we've all experienced different losses in our life. Yeah. So how would this book really help someone that needs to grieve and that it's okay to grieve and how to find the joy in grieving? So that was probably the most ironic thing about this whole experience of writing this book. So backstory a little bit. I've been writing this book in some form or fashion for over four years now. It was not a quick journey. That's just a lot of my personality. I talk about it a little bit in the book. But what was happening at the same time as I was walking through this journey of writing this book, my father had gotten diagnosed with Parkinson's. And um, I was the child living closest to him, and it just made sense to to step in and just help him in that season as caregiver of helping him finding the the care that he needed and to to meet his needs as the disease kind of progressed. And what I you know never could have known at the time, but in the process of writing Journey to Joy, my father ultimately passed away from Parkinson's, and that very much could have been the darkest season of my life. I've battled depression off and on since I was young. And my dad and I were extremely, extremely close. And I just know that could have, that could have been a very dark season. But because I was in the middle of, of this journey to joy, and my dad was very much a part of that, just yes. talking about what was happening and the writing and the whole process, it was this crazy experience of walking these two journeys at the same time and then experiencing joy and experiencing God in the season of grief and taking everything that he'd been teaching me and actually like doing it, like putting it into practice. I went back uh, months later and was reading my journal entries. So I'm a huge journaler, always have been. And journaler, is that a, is that a, 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 a journalist, a journaler, a journal, journal, journalist sounds journal. like I should be at the Olympics, yes. <laughs> um, journaler. And I went back and I was almost like, I mean, it was surprising. It was pleasantly surprising yeah. of reading my journal entries. And it was, I was doing all the things I say today to do in the book. I was you know, journaling about gratitude, like sitting in the hospital with my dad and, you know, looking at the areas of the way that God was providing for my father the people that were surrounding us and just being so, so kind and the way my dad was living out his purpose, even though he was walking this incredibly difficult journey. And so I I was kind of like, I, I was doing it. Like it it was this kind of like evidence of I did, I, I did the things I was saying we should do and seeing how my joy grew and how I even got to experience joy that calm delight joy that we just talked about the day that he died, how just there was a miracle that day of just experiencing God 
and his provision and just letting me know that my dad was good and my dad was with him. And so there is a a pathway through the book called When the Road Gets Rough. So at the end of each section, there's kind of this separate story that unfolds throughout the book that is very much the journey with me and my dad. Because after he had passed and after the book was all coming together and God started weaving these two stories together, I realized, well, gosh, I wasn't writing the book from this perspective of, oh, my dad's dying while I'm writing this book because he was just sick. He just had Parkinson's. Right. Um, I had no idea that it was going to take the turn that it took when it did. And so God gave us this just gorgeous way to tell both these stories at the same time. And so for those who are in that just impossible season of death or grief, the loss, like you said, of a job, just of life as we knew it, right? that there is a place for joy in that. And even more than that, there's a place for laughter in that. And so walking through what that looks like, what we saw Jesus model in how he walked through grief, So we look at all of that at the same time that we're looking at joy, because I think those seasons are the most important seasons for us to lean in, to look for joy, to look for God, to find gratitude, our gratefulness, praise, worship, thanksgiving. Like Those are our tools when we're walking through those difficult seasons that lead us to experience joy in a way that... Most people wouldn't understand. Definitely the world doesn't understand joy in a season of grief, but it's very much there and finding our purpose in that season and finding joy in that. That is, yes. Thanks for sharing that. And, you know, as incredible, difficult as that was, it's going to be so helpful for so many, Sarah. And, you know, just putting your heart on paper And, you know, getting that out there. And so I want to kind of uplift it because God is good. Yes. And we have amazing joy that we can, that is inside of us and that can be found within Jesus is in the book you wrote about just those cultivators, the cultivators of joy, joy cultivators. Mm -hmm. Can we talk a little bit about joy cultivators? Yeah, absolutely. So there's a popular phrase, and I even I have a t-shirt and a sweatshirt that say <laughs> choose joy. And there were some conversations I had with people when I first kind of started this journey who were a little apprehensive about, you know, it's it's not going to be a book that basically just says choose joy, is it? And I was like, no, it's it's not as simple as choosing joy, kind of. It's like it is and it isn't. It's really the idea of choosing the things that create joy, that create space for joy. So it's being intentional. I referenced it earlier, but the passage that says, in his presence is fullness of joy. Well, there's another verse um, near that that says that we enter into his presence with thanksgiving and with praise. So when you kind of, it's like spiritual math. It's like this plus this equals this. So if we enter into his presence with thanksgiving and with praise. So when I am grateful, when I intentionally look for gratitude each and every day. When I, something as small as I stub my toe and I choose to say, Lord, thank you that I have toes. Like, thank you for 10 toes. Like we look and check, do I still have 10 toes? Cause it feels like maybe there's just nine, but the tiniest little things come up that we just start to train our brain to look for gratitude, that I'm going to choose to be grateful no matter what. 
when we have gratitude and we have praise, when we recognize, okay, you are God and I am not. I choose to praise you today, God, that you are wonderful and I trust you and you're worthy. When we praise him and we practice gratitude, that brings us into his presence. That's what scripture says. And then it follows it up with saying, then in his presence is fullness of joy. So thanksgiving plus praise equals the presence of God and the presence of God equals joy. Yes. So those then become things that we want to be intentional about, that intentionally that I'm grateful, intentionally I pause and take time to worship. I take time to pray. I take time to experience God's creation. I think less and less we we take time to appreciate creation. Just simply being out of doors for however long you have, five minutes, without a phone, without having to Instagram it, that, right. or take a picture and then put your phone away for 10 minutes of really be present in his creation because that's God. Like he did that. He created that. And yes. so something happens when we connect with nature that it connects us to God. Mm-hmm. And so all of those things help to cultivate joy. It's kind of like, you know, the build your own pizza or build your own burrito, whatever. Right. But you're picking the ingredients that are going to build your life, that are going to build your day. And so when we build with those ingredients, then we're cultivating joy. It's it's not necessarily about choosing this fake emotion or this fake feeling. Right. It's it's tied to these other choices that we're making. We choose forgiveness. We choose to allow God to provide healing. We choose to say who he says we are. We remind ourselves of our identity in him. And this these are all the the pieces in the book that walk us through just aligning our thought life and our belief system with what he says. So I think the biggest things are the gratitude, praise, um, time in nature, spending time in his presence, worship. All of those things are going to help cultivate joy. So what are those joy killers? Mm -hmm. Yes. Just like the cultivators, there are joy killers and they are just as powerful. And so the grumbling and the complaining are two just huge ones, just negativity all around. And we know that. We see it in scripture. We, we talk about the Israelites and how they grumbled and complained. But man, when you really look at the passages in scripture that talk about grumbling and complaining, I mean, God is very strong in his dislike of our negativity and our grumbling and complaining, which we all get that. If, if you have kids, if you've ever been in a situation where you're providing something for someone, You've made a meal, you've made dinner, and the the reception is less than grateful. <laughs> There's um really, is this what we're having? Is there anything else? Like we know how that makes us feel right. as providers, as someone who has taken time to give something. Yes. And when it's met with any, you know, that negativity, that grumbling and that complaining, we know how that makes us feel. Well, the truth is gratitude and that grumbling and complaining, those cannot coexist. Those cannot exist in the same space at the same time. I cannot be grateful and grumble at the same time. Those are opposites. And so that grumbling and complaining and negativity, joy cannot live in that space. We're just just not going to experience it. So if I'm choosing to complain, I am at the same time choosing not to experience joy. And complaining has become a very commonplace thing right now with social media. Sometimes it's like we think we're just saying what is. We, we've kind of covered it up a little bit, our, our grumbling and our complaining. 
But we know, I think we can feel it in our spirit when... How can someone apply and get into this next step of finding joy, doing the hard work? Yeah, that's, I mean, it's perfect because, you know, the book is called Journey to Joy. And so hopefully, you know, we catch that, that a journey is just that. It implies movement. Mm -hmm. It is a journey, but it is one that is absolutely worth taking. Yes. And so there's movement involved. There is participation. There is work. Sometimes I think as as believers, we can be scared to say like, oh, it's going to take work. But work is not evil. Like work is it, it work is in the Bible before sin. I think we have to like learn that that sin work was not a punishment for sin. Work was there prior to God placed Adam in the garden before Eve even existed and said, I'm giving you this garden and I want you to work it. And so work is not separate from joy. It, joy becomes a part of work when God is a part of that. And so not being afraid of thinking like, oh, this is going to take effort on my part. It's that grace-driven effort. We're not doing the work to create the joy. God is going to do that. Again, we are going to make um, intentional choices, but we can't dig in our heels and close our eyes and, and, and try real hard to produce joy. God is going to do that supernaturally. Yes. But we are going to do the work of looking back at our journey up until this point. What are the areas where I've got wounds? What are the areas where I'm withholding forgiveness? God, I'm inviting you into these places. Will you help me find the healing I need to find? Give the forgiveness that I need to give. And then God, let's talk about freedom. You you, know, you say that, that we are free in Christ. And he tells us not to be burdened again by the yoke of slavery. And so that means it's possible for us to have areas of, of chains, areas of bondage. So he wants to come in and provide freedom. And so we've got to be willing to look and see where do I feel like I'm in bondage? And okay, God, what's the journey then to walk out freedom in that area? And then it's looking at identity. You know, who do I believe that I am? And are those statements, are those identity beliefs founded in scripture or are they founded in something else? And so What's the journey look like to disagree with those things that aren't from him and choose to believe that I am who he says I am? There's a super fun story. I'll tell it as quickly as I can in the book that we talk about identity and we talk about our name. My maternal or my paternal grand- grandmother, my dad's mother, my grandmother, she, there's amazing family story of she was the first born of her mom. Her mom was very young. She was 16 when she had her in East Texas. And when she was born, uh, my great-grandmother, who had just given birth, it was a home birth. This was 1919 and was surrounded by all her older sisters, her parents, all these people. And there was all this pressure about figuring out the name for my grandmother. And the doctor who had done the delivery, you know, was trying to figure out the name. They didn't know it. So he said, I'll come back in a week. Let me know the name then. He comes back in a week, checks on my great-grandmother. Everything's good. She's good. The baby's good. But they still hadn't figured out a name. So the doctor is kind of impatient at this point, And he, he fires off some kind of statement about, if you don't let me know a name soon, I'm just going to put down my name and turn in the birth certificate to the county records. 
<laughs> well, apparently my great-grandmother, the story goes that she had some kind of a retort for him that basically was like, I don't really care what you do. And he left. Um, eventually, my grandmother was named. Uh, she was Sarah Olita was her name. But the whole thing was just forgotten. You know, the busyness yes. of you know the baby. And so my grandmother grows up. She gets married. And you have to understand back in those times... We didn't need official documents the way that we do today, especially Correct. in rural East Texas. Just you could do life. You could get married. You could get a driver's license without any kind of an official document saying this is who I am. Like everyone in the town knows you. So when you show up to get your driver's license, they know this is Sarah Olita. So fast forward to my grandmother and granddaddy. They're married and they're taking their first international trip. They're going to the Holy Land. And so to get a passport now at this point, they're living in Dallas more official, she needs for her official birth certificate to get her passport so they can go to the Holy Land. So she calls the county clerk's office, gives them her birth date, her name, and needs the official copy of the birth certificate. They say, oh, I'm sorry, ma'am. There's no baby that by that name born on that date in this county. Very confusing because this is, she knows where she was born. So they go through this a few times, no birth record. So thankfully, my great-grandmother was still alive. So my grandmother called her mom, hey, this is what's happening, and trying to find the birth record. So they actually are able to go to the county clerk's office together out in East Texas and go in, go through the same hoopla, no birth certificate. So the clerk then starts reading off, like, the names born, you know, like around that time or whatever, and gets to the one on that day that says, um, Baby Jack. Cummings, born, you know, blah, blah, blah. And my great-grandmother goes, that's her. And my grandmother is like, what? So she then tells her that story of how, you know, she totally forgot they'd never turned in her official name. And so the doctor's first name is on the birth certificate. And so just the fact that that could even happen. But now they're faced with, okay, the official birth certificate says that her name is this, but she's got all this stuff and a life that she's lived as Sarah. And so they were able to go with her driver's license, her marriage certificate, all these things to prove, no, you know, this is who I am. Like, I understand that doctor said that I was this person, but I'm not. I'm actually this person. And they were able to get her birth certificate cor corrected, got the passport. They were able to take their amazing trip. So all that to say, there are people and there are going to be people who are going, and even official people, official people who can file official documents who are going to want to give us names that do not line up with who actually gets to name us. My great-grandmother was the one who got to decide what my grandmother was going to be called. What she said trumped what this doctor said. Yes. Who God says that we are trumps everybody else. It doesn't matter. It doesn't matter who they are, what position they hold in our lives. If they want to give us a name or a title that does not line up with who God says that we are, then it's false. We don't buy into it. We don't believe it. We certainly don't repeat it or speak it over ourselves. We reject that and we claim the name that he has given us. And that is what we live out of. That is what changes everything else. We don't cater to or become the names that people give us that aren't from the Lord. We recognize that we are who God says. And we walk in that identity. And so we find joy in knowing who we are. And then the best part of all is we can then step into our purpose. 
who he created us to be and what he created us to do today. And we get to walk out that purpose with him. So an hour ago, you asked me a question and um, then this is where I end up down some rabbit trail talking about other things. So you have to remind me where we even were because. (laughs) But I think this is, you know, what I was going to say is whoever's listening right now, you almost have to hit the pause button Mm. and go back and listen to that because we allow other people, like you said, put identities on us and we label, we have so many labels. And I think that right then and there is going to allow someone to be released today, Sarah, Mm -hmm. Um, someone listening to this. So whatever you might be struggling with or whatever season that you might be in, I would just say hit repeat Mm. and replay that and hit pause And, you know, one of the beautiful things that you designed to go with your book is not only did you write your heart out in book form, you also created a journal. Can you talk a little bit about your journal? I'd love to. So, so much of this project is just me and who I am and what I love. And I love journals. I have tons of journals, but I also love practicality. If, if I can't get my hands around something and, and apply it, then I don't, I don't want to take the time. I don't like learning just for the sake of learning. Like I, I want to do something with it. Yes. So that very much was a heartbeat behind journey to joy was, okay, here are the things that I'm saying. Now, what does that look like? How can we walk that out each and every day? So the journal, it's a 90 day journal and it's designed to take these ideas of gratitude, of worship, of praise, and even the ideas of healing, freedom, identity, and purpose. And how do I incorporate this kind of thinking into my life? And so each day there is a verse that we're given and an opportunity to spend some time reflecting on that verse, to find gratitude, um, even given the space to worship, like, okay, press pause, choose a worship song and spend a few minutes, you know, however much time you have. If you've got three to four minutes, do one song. If you've got a little bit longer, and worship, like pause right now and worship God. And then we come back to just reflecting again on scripture and just finding that time like in his presence and thinking, okay, how can I choose joy today by choosing again to do the things that I know help create joy, or I'm going to choose it by not doing those, the joy killers. I'm going to be intentional today about not complaining. And so there's space for all of that. And then each week, there's an opportunity to, to reflect a little bit more on, okay, these areas that we've talked about, healing, freedom, identity, purpose. How, did, how am I doing this? You know, was there anything, did my identity take a hit? Like, man, I had this tough meeting at work. I got some really tough feedback. Did I receive that and let it, you know, make me a better coworker? Or did I receive that on an identity level? And did it kind of mess with who I am a little bit? So it's this opportunity to think back and see, look, okay, God, I, I need to spend a little extra time on this identity piece. So reminding myself, yes. you know, who I am in you. And so you have a space and time to do that and to kind of reflect on the week. Then each month you have an opportunity to do what we're calling a mini joy journey. So part of the journey is fun. Joy is fun. And so part of the joy journey is being willing to really find out who we are. You know, when we're little, that a lot of parents, we, we spend time letting our kids try new things. We expose them to new things. We're going to try basketball. We're going to try soccer. We're going to try dance. And, 
even the non-formal things of trying drawing or Play-Doh or just, we try all these different things and we find out what we like and what we don't like. But then as adults, we don't, a lot of us don't necessarily start new hobbies every year or discover new things in our city or about ourselves. And so it's a bit of a push to do that, to just kind of have these experiences, keeping God at the focus of it, of going to a park, going and have a picnic, doing a nature walk, going to a museum, going to a record store and looking for joy, basically looking for God. Maybe we have a divine conversation with somebody that we wouldn't have had if we hadn't stepped out and decided to, to look for this experience. And so every month we can we can do these things and then reflect on that. Like, did I experience joy? One of my girlfriends, she at a, a retreat a while back, she tried macrame for the first time. So all this like nodding and twisting of all this yarn. Well, she hated it. Like she finished the class and got back to her room and promptly like threw it across, across the room. So <laughs> that's not, she doesn't want to do that one again, but now she knows. And I just... I don't know as adults if we spend enough time allowing our creative selves to have that space, to discover something new. Over the last year, I started doing these cookie, like decorating classes with my mother-in-law and some other friends. And I love it. Like I have no desire to ever start any kind of a business or anything like that. But it's this fun hobby that we've discovered that I really enjoy decorating cookies. Like what I enjoy actually is going to this place and everything is there ready for me. Like the icing, every, I just have to sit down and be creative. And so I wouldn't have known that if I weren't willing to just try something different, try something new, and then think, okay, how did I enjoy that experience? How did I experience God doing this? And so every month it's an invitation to do a joy journey, to do this mini little joy journey, and then think about what that experience was like, and then build that into your life more and more that experiential part of, man, we were created to live that John 10, 10 life, a life that is full to overflowing. And so the journal just very practically gives you how to walk it out each and every day. Take all these ideas and continue to walk that out and see joy be cultivated and see it grow. So good, Sarah. And, you know, we just allow, you know, ourselves let our joy dissipate. And when we take time to get even in that creative state mm-hmm. to do something different or to have some fun, it's amazing what happens in that atmosphere and mm-hmm. how things begin to change so quickly. We forget that childlike faith. We forget that little child that's still inside. I was in a room of like 500 people last Thursday. And you know what we did for 15 minutes? We played, like, this is like going back to like ministry days, mm-hmm. middle school ministry days, rock, paper, scissors. That's so- and it was a championship of adults. Oh, to see like who would be the last two. Yes. I never saw, like, in, in this kind of like, I think what happened over the last 18 months, you, I just stood there and I was like, wow, we forgot how to have, in your case, how to experience joy. Yeah. And Rock, paper, scissors, having adults that don't even know one another, Mm -hmm. like from all over the world, cheering on someone that's now going on to the next round. Yes, I love it. And it's as simple as that. It's as simple as something, doing something different than our normal routine. And what's so crazy, what what we forget, we forget. And, but yeah, it's so important for us to remember is Everything that we are collectively, like as a people, we all have a sense of humor. 
We all (laughs) can laugh. Okay, the only reason or the only explanation behind all of humanity having anything like that in common is that it was put in us by the creator. Yes. Because it is in him. We are made in his image. And so having a sense of humor, having the ability to laugh and enjoy something pure like that, that is God. That is God designed in us. And so the reason why that feels so good is because it's designed to, because he created us to enjoy our life. And when we experience that in that way, that's one of the reasons why it brings us so much joy, why it can pull us out of dark places, out of depths of depression, because God designed us that way, because that came from him. He thought it up. He's the reason that we have the ability to do that. And so that's why it's a part of the journey. That's why it's so important. So so how is, are you still taking pre-orders? Yes. So when so, do pre-orders stop? So the so there is a batch of pre-orders that are going to wrap up on July 31st. Okay. So those are all going to ship and prior so August 18th is essentially the date that everything's available on Amazon. Okay. The and journal can be found there as well. Yeah, the journal okay. and the book will both be on Amazon on August 18th. Okay. So the pre-orders that are coming in between now and July 31st will all ship prior to that. But there are joy bundles that are available on the website that aren't going to be on Amazon. And those those have brought me so much joy to put those together. And so we've got um, a, a mug. I don't say coffee mug because I don't drink coffee, but you can drink coffee in it. But there is also some hot tea. And so I was able to create a blend of hot tea just for this project. It's called Cup of Joy. So you're going to get a cup of joy, some hot tea with that mug. There's a a gorgeous pen, um, a couple of bookmarks, and one other thing that's kind of a surprise that... um, Don't tell us. Not going to tell you, but it might be my favorite piece. So the bundle comes with the book, the journal, and then all these fun joy items that go with that. And so those are only available on my website, and there's a limited number. So once they're gone, they're gone. But those those are so much fun. And so... So yeah, so it, it's all there. It'll continue to be there even when pre-orders are over. Everything will just ship a little bit later. Got it. Awesome. So, you know, I'm thinking about, I lead a group of um, beautiful business women here in Dallas in a small group study. And it sounds as though I should grab some bundles so that we can dip into our next study. Absolutely. And I've yes. written it... There are a couple of different places now where I know some groups are going to be doing this as a book study. And so it's really got my wheels spinning. Um, so I'm developing a leader guide and some some things specifically for those leading. And so yes. there's a it's not there yet, but there'll be a place on the website where if if that's if something is you're interested in doing is leading a group with this study that you can contact me and I can provide you with a couple of other resources but the journal is great for that. And I don't think I've mentioned it yet, but in the actual book, at the end of each section, there is a space. So there's the healing journey and then there's your healing journey. Mm. And so it's the invitation for the reader to go through this journey while kind of hearing the story of, of what I experienced. And so there is a space within the book for those reflection questions and for you know responding to God. So those turn into great small group discussion questions. Yes. And so I, I speak to that at the beginning of the book. There's a word in there to, to groups of kind of how to structure that and just um, suggestions for, for how to 
how to schedule the groups, how to do those small groups. And so I love that idea. I think it's a, I think it's a great idea. Yes. And, and that is good. And we'll drop down in um, the show's episode comments on how to order the book, okay. how to get the journal, how to get the joy pack. And then also if you're someone that's listening and I try to every week, just really say, if you are walking through a season in your life and you need to reach out to someone, we'll put a drop down because part of getting vulnerable sometimes requires you to talk to another. Oh, absolutely. And to really, you know, break down those walls, to really release it, to find that freedom. And so I will also drop down some resources on how you can contact us if there's something that you need. And, you know, I would encourage you to do this with someone else. You could probably do some of it with your kids, definitely the joy Mm -hmm. cultivators Mm -hmm. and really help them experience joy. And, you know, anytime you catch them in that moment of a joy killer Mm -hmm. is to help them reframe that experience and reframe it to something where it's a joy cultivator. Yeah. Because a lot of this, we can help them at a very young age to be able to carry it on into their adult life. Yeah. And that's so powerful. Yes. So Sarah, we really thank you. We thank you for just your incredible heart. I want you to follow her on Instagram. Um, What is your Instagram handle? So it is Hey Sarah Chapel. So hey, hey, Sarah Chapel. Yes. <laughs> yes. Hey, yes. Sarah Chapel. And it's I love just, it. Um, yeah. S A R A. And then, so there's no H on Sarah. And then yes. Chapel always messes with people, but it's basically Apple with C H. So C H A P P. And we'll drop that link below for sure. And so, yes, you want to follow her on Instagram. You want to just follow her link tree and kind of find out yes. what Sarah's all about. Sarah, you're going to change so many lives and you're going to help to um, rise up for people to find that joy that has been inside of them that has just been filled in covered mm-hmm. up yeah. and you know and you're going to help them to uncover that and pull up those weeds and and set them free so thank you for taking the time yes, the you. journey writing is not easy writing during covid's not easy <laughs> and um you did it girl so we're proud of you thank congratulations you. thank you so much you're welcome Thanks again for listening to the Kara podcast. You can find the Kara podcast wherever you stream your favorite podcast services. We're on a mission to inspire, encourage, and put Jesus at the center of our lives. To learn more about Sarah Chapel and the journey to joy, you can head over to the links below. And I wanted to share just a little bit about Sarah Chapel, the author. She is a speaker who's worked in full-time ministry for nearly 20 years. She is married to the love of her life, Paul, and their blended bunch consisting of three amazing teenagers, Caleb, Riley, and Remy, and one fluffy Bashan, London, that just puts a smile on your face. Sarah and her family live in the Dallas, Texas area, where they are actively involved in their church. Sarah loves working with other communicators as writing and speaking coach. When she's not working, you can find Sarah cuddled up with a hot tea and a good book. To learn more, check out the Sakara podcast at thecarapodcast.com.